0: This is the Ether Review, a talk show passing the components of the Ethereum global computing platform and its ecosystem. Building on a basic knowledge of the blockchain, we seek to understand the mechanics behind this new generation computing network and the services it powers. First up today, Taylor Goering brings us an Ethereum development update, then we're taking another look at Digix, the gold-backed token issuance and exchange platform. The platform featured in episode 8, but given their crowd sale begins on the 1st of next month and their DAO goes live the 1st of the following, I figured it was worth revisiting. I'm a big fan of what Kai, Anthony and Sean have done here, it's no frills recombinant innovation, robust and uncomplex for a critical view of their methodology check out episode 16 with Dominic Williams So good to have you here Taylor could you um, could you give us a uh, an update on what's been going on over at the Ethereum Foundation
1: Yeah sure so there's been a lot of work and attention paid to the upcoming Homestead release There's been uh, new updates to both the Go Ethereum and C++ Ethereum software to allow people to prepare for the upcoming change. And that was also deployed uh, to Testnet. And we just last night transitioned on Testnet uh, for our homestead network. And we're looking forward to that happening on mainnet in a couple of weeks here.
0: So has there been any updates with the, uh, the Mist browser? Yeah,
1: actually the Mist browser is being updated as I speak. There'll be a new version out this week or next week, uh, 0.5.0. And that will include the latest version for Homestead. And we'll also have some new features coming along shortly thereafter.
0: Cool. Uh, Could you describe what some of those features are? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's all good. Um, so, what about, uh, so what are some of the updates you've been working on with the C++ and Go clients?
1: So at At the core, there's a few things that both of the clients are implementing straight away. And this is in the Homestead updates that are available to download now. Uh, One of those is we should see a slight decrease in the block times from 17 seconds closer to about 15. Uh, We also have a new delegate call opcode that developers might find handy. One of the requests from developers at DevCon 1 was to add this to allow for easier tracking of calling code. Uh, we also have a couple of other things that uh, users are more likely to notice. One is the block gas limit has increased. The, the headroom by default was $3.1 million, and it's now moving up to $4.7 million. So that's about a 50% increase in the amount of gas that can be spent per block uh, right as soon as we switch over. And finally, we have a reduction in the gas price uh, that the client suggests when you first install it. It does allow for selecting any price you want, but by default, it was set to 50 Shannon, and that's been reduced by 60% to 20 Shannon.
0: And so what was the reason for these changes? Is the, uh, is the EVM more efficient these days, or is it more powerful? What, what's the, uh, why the increase in the gas limit and the reduction in price?
1: Well, the increase in the gas limit was something that we've uh, considered internally for a long while, and we heard from developers who were having a bit of difficulty deploying their contracts uh, within the limited uh, headroom of the gas limit. So it seemed like we weren't having any problems in terms of DDoS uh, that prevented us from increasing it, so we said, why not? Uh, Hopefully this will make it easier for developers to deploy their contracts and perhaps for some more complex contracts to come into existence sooner. And as far as the gas price, we have fully intended from the beginning to have a dynamic fee market. But when people use the defaults in the software, sometimes that doesn't uh, expose itself very easily. So one thing we did to help the average user was decrease the default value. Uh, With the recent change in price of Ether, people would probably be paying a little bit more for their contract execution than they expected. So this is a nice way to ease them into that dynamic fee market.
0: So the dynamic fee market, that's something that I've been, uh, I've been waiting to see emerge. And I, this is something that I think a lot of people have trouble visualizing. How does a dynamic fee market emerge from the gas to Ether demand?
1: Yeah, it's not entirely clear how this will all work out. And I think that Bitcoin is suffering some similar problems. One of the critiques of the current system that I've read is that it's very difficult for uh, information for the speed market to be available because there is no published order book or historical uh, price uh, changes to speak of. So we can see when transactions go through and what costs they've paid, but there's no way to see, are miners out there willing to process at a certain price or is that price above or below? So we might see some changes towards that in the future. But right now, miners can pick up transactions at any price and users can submit them at any price.
0: But there's no way to really feed back the market gas rate to the users right now, is there?
1: No, not really. And uh, it's definitely an information visibility problem. I think that if this was available, perhaps in some sort of uh, super contract or something of that nature, then uh, you know it'd be easier to select a price Based on the existing transaction backlog or what miners might be willing to mine at, with that information available, users can make better, more informed decisions.
0: So we've got those uh, that increase in the in the uh, available gas rate, and that's really significant to developers, right? Uh, more or less immediately. Is that available immediately in the uh, in the clients that are that you guys have out right now?
1: It will be available more or less immediately. They were looking at some small tweaks on testnet. Nothing had broken, but uh, they think, I think the developers realized their approach didn't transition the block gas limit from 3.1 million to 4.7 million. It's more or less immediate. I think that uh, users will probably find that to be a, a beneficial change, that it's
0: sooner rather than later. And so, uh, so could you tell us more about Homestead? I know there's a big buzz. I mean, we've got a, uh, we've got a block date. Is there anything new that you can, uh, you can update us on reg- with regards to that?
1: Yeah. So since the last time we spoke, we weren't fully sure on when the software would launch or the network would transition. But now that information is more clear, the software is available. If you are running a version of GEF, you want to update to at least one34 And if you're running the C++ Ethereum, you'll want to update to at least 1.2.0. As I said earlier, the missed wallets coming out will be 0.5.0. These versions are the ones you want to install prior to the planned block transition. And that block transition is scheduled, oddly enough, for Pi Day, which is March 14th. It's blocked 1,150,000, and we're expecting it to transition on the mainnet in less than two weeks now.
0: Do you expect us to experience this transition to Homestead in any uh, visible way in the, uh, in the use of the network or in the, uh, in the state of the community?
1: For the average end user, I don't think there will be much difference. Uh, I think most of the differences are targeted towards DApp developers. Uh, and to that end, I hope to see once Homestead is transitioned and available, I hope that we'll see more dApps come out of the woodwork. People who have been reticent to deploy may be feeling more confident now that the network has been living on for about seven months, a million blocks, and we've done our first hard fork transition. Uh, as a developer, I know that would make me feel much more comfortable to deploy the
0: dApp I've been working on. Fantastic. Um, is there anything else that you want us to cover uh, while I've got you here? Uh,
1: yeah, there is. If you want to help out on Homestead or want to learn more, There's lots of places that you can help participate. We have a new website going up on ethereum.org soon in addition to a Homestead documentation initiative. Uh, We also have lots of questions and answers being asked on the Ethereum Stack Exchange. If you're technical and would like to help other people out or maybe get a question answered of yours, that's a great place to go.
0: So it's really great to have you guys here from Digix. Uh, now, I understand you guys have a crowd sale on for your um, your new distributed autonomous organization. And while I did speak to you guys uh, a while ago, from what I understand, there's been a lot more, a lot of developments have taken place and there's a lot more going on than there was back then. Could you guys please introduce yourselves?
2: Sure, sure. Uh, I'm Sean, the other co-founder of the team. I lead the business development objectives here at Digix. And I have with me here Anthony. Anthony is the CTO of the, the company. Maybe he can drop a couple of lines. Anthony?
3: Yeah, so um, we've talked before, Arthur. Uh, so basically I'm, uh, for, for, the, for the new listeners, I am um, Anthony of CTO of Digix. Uh, I've been doing um, software for the last 18 plus years. Uh, got into Ethereum uh, when around the same time it started in, um, in late uh, December, early January. And I've pretty much been uh, doing Ethereum stuff for, for, for since then.
0: To begin with, could you lead us into what, this, uh, what the nature of the Digix DAO is, the Distributed Autonomous Organization, and, uh, and what, uh, what developments have taken place on that front? Mm-hmm.
2: So uh, I'd just like to go, uh, do a little bit introduction about Digix. For those who have not heard about us, we are an uh, asset tokenization platform that's built on Ethereum. Basically, what we do here is we put physical assets ownerships on the blockchain and make it such that, you know, you can send and receive gold tokens anywhere on Ethereum. So, so far, this journey has been about almost a year of trial and error to come up with um, a smart contract protocol that actually takes the real-world governance and the blockchain to prove that an asset exists transparently. And uh, definitely more information about this protocol can be found on the white paper on our home site, uh, dgx.io. So now we have a couple, couple of great reasons to believe that, you know, the Digix Goal really have the potential to scale tremendously because currently the ego systems that are available suffer from a silo problem and you know, makes it hard for anything to scale on. So for us, we, we build on Ethereum changes and uh, Digix Goal could be used, you know, to exchange for goods and services online as a form of wealth preservation or, or even participate in any lending and collateral platform. So all of this is actually made possible because um, what we have here is we developed a standard token API. Therefore, it's very easy for anyone to take these gold tokens and create any kind of decentralized apps outside of Digix. And uh, we have already deployed the live contract for our basic service you know, a couple of weeks ago, and so far we have been seeing some form of traction. We have been seeing almost five digits worth of sales revenues in the past couple of weeks, and uh, definitely they are very well received by the public. So as you mentioned, you know DigiX has undergone developments over the past weeks, past year, and um, yeah. So ever since then, since the platform went live, we actually took up a front stage of launching the DigiX crowd sale, which is what of it is of interest today. Uh, personally, myself, Sean, I've been um, the the lead coordinator for Ethereum meetup groups here in Asia. So I speak frequently at events, you know, both at academies, both at institutions, just to. To spread the word on what Ethereum is, what the other devs are developing out there, as well as Digix itself. So, you know, on a global basis, we've been taking questions from our community base worldwide on Slack channels, on Reddit, answering them and make sure what they, they know what we're doing here. Yep. So, uh, yeah, we can talk a little bit more about the crowd sale here. Uh, the style crowd sale is actually a way for us to, to give believers who, who believe in digital gold on the blockchain to work together. In a very self-sustainable way where we allow every contributing member of the crowd sale to have a sale on uh, to have a say or what they want to see on the Digiscore core platform and we as co-founders anthony myself casey we all will work together for them however in, you know in every startup in every organization you have to sell what people want otherwise it's just a cash vacuum machine so the main philosophy behind the DAO here is to allow any individual uh, even an bank individual to, to access and have a voice for uh in this non in this for-profit organization, Digix Global, with a very low buy-in in the form of Digix tokens. Hence, you know, we create a sense of uh, financial participation on their end. And uh, any supporters who actually buy into the Digix DAO gets the Digix DAO tokens in return that can be used to directly you know, govern, influence the development of our platform here on Ethereum, the Digix Core. And the funds raised will actually be used to build up uh, synergies, build up peripherals planned around Digi's goal to scale the business indefinitely. And this includes, you know, auditing, integration of Etherex, a peer-to-peer exchange that's coming up soon, as well as a partnership with Coinify to access our services to over 10,000 merchants worldwide, making it highly accessible to anyone. Essentially, the Digi's crowd sale...
0: Wait, wait, c- could you start... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Sure. You. So how... How are you? Uh, how are you reaching ten thousand merchants? Uh, so we're looking to reach ten thousand merchants who actually use the Coinify service. Coinify, okay. Yeah, yeah I, j- I just wanted to. Uh, yeah, I just Coinify. wanted to clarify that. Okay, cool. Carry on. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> You're on a really great roll. Yeah, yeah.
2: Oh no, no, no worries. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So through Coinify, we hope to reach a, tar- a target audience of you know ten thousand merchants who actually use their service. And essentially, the DAO is just you know depending on depends on all of the participants who hold the tokens to call the shots and developments at, the, at Digix. And uh, we want to make sure that we as developers, we will only build things that, that benefit the token holders and, and allow them to see what they want. Because as a form of reward for this, you know, for the token holders, they actually stand to gain a share of the transaction fees of the Digix Gold tokens that are returned to them on every quarter based on a prorated basis of the ownership. Yeah.
0: I mean for the listeners, and this is uh we've we've been through this with uh with Slocket earlier on uh, on this show, but could you go through what a DAO is and how the uh how the Digix DAO uh in particular will operate? So right. so
3: yeah, so DAO is basically a a decentralized autonomous organization. Um the autonomous part is is really uh sort of the, the interesting part for me. Um basically it it it's basically an organization that exists um in a, in a decentralized way and and the rules of that organization are governed by a smart contract um, in 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 our case it's the um it's an ethereum smart contract um so basically every everything that that you would think about that that is uh part of of running a, an organization such as um uh pledging or voting um on 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 things and, and um approving budgets uh, are, are all done through an ethereum smart contract so users will interact with it like they would, um, you know. So instead of being in a boardroom um, with shareholders um, deciding where the direction of the company would go, it would be on the smart contract.
0: Okay, cool. And that's all. So, but that allows everyone to be equal participants, uh, just according to their uh, their stake. It, it's like having a. It's like having a shareholder vote.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So it, it's 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 in a way it, it is um, it is that that you know you can say it's a shareholder vote. But the way that the DAO is organized, it's basically—I um, guess you could say that it is a shareholder vote. Um, mm-hmm. You know, basically they—they. They, but it, it gets more granular than that. Now you have—you actually have—you know, y- your budget can can like so each project that we're work- that we're going to be working on is going through a a um, a two-tier um, governance process where um, the 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 proposers um, can can submit a proposal which would then be uplo- uploaded on IPFS and then referenced on the contract and and that 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 proposal will then be read by all the participants and then they can then um vet on it for pledging so 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 the first stage is to to vet on the um on the proposal which means it it gets it to the general queue for actual pledging from the general um token holders
0: the essence of it is that a uh a proposal can be put forward and voted upon by the uh, by all the stakeholders uh, bef- before it's put into action. I mean, am, am I getting that? Uh, am I reducing that <laughs> effectively?
3: Ditchix is actually going a step further, um, you know, above the the standard um, proposal vote um, method of, of of taking projects and and going through it. And we're actually doing a, a double tiered um, process where. Um we give a um a special kind of token to a certain class of um of participants that have invested a certain amount during our crowd sale um they get a a, a badge um a proposer badge basically which identifies them as somebody that who can submit and vet on on proposals and and, and the reason um being is that you know like that that sort of adds to this to spam protection for us Oh,
0: of course of course so you've got
3: right? so, you've- so so we don't want well, to just submit um, submit uh, proposals that you know that we're just going to get voted out um, because they, they they don't follow the the certain proposal standard that we're going to put forth. So we want we want to have um, the 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 bigger stakeholders to actually have a, a say on 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 how how the process goes.
0: Okay, so that is so predominantly it's the larger stakeholders put forward, or or, or do they vet the proposals?
3: Yeah, right. So, so there's going to be a vetting process, which is sort of the first part of the the, the pledging, and and that basically, like, if, if if that gets majority, then that goes into the general, um, sort of the general election.
0: Okay, I see. Where everybody yeah.
3: can then can then p- vote on on that project.
0: Awesome. That sounds that sounds like a great. Uh, well, like you said, spam protection. It's you know, if you've got a whole bunch of uh, right. whole bunch of like people able to put forward proposals, that's you know, you're you're really opening yourself up. If you've got an infinitely divisible ownership token
3: right so 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 the so um if if you look at like some of the open source projects out there um like the, the successful ones really like um for example linux um the free um the free bsd project uh, pretty much all the, the 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 really successful um open source um software projects out there had really one thing that 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 made them successful and and that was the the benevolent dictator so uh, the the linux foundation or the linux project had um, Linus Torvalds. Basically, instead of just having like um, like a, an a- anarchist type of um, governance model where everybody can can you know argue over like what needs to be done, you have somebody there that that, that can basically control um, control the the direction, but still get feedback from from the community. Right. So we're going a step further, and instead of a, a benevolent dictatorship, we're we're sort of like a a, a quote unquote benevolent oligarchy, so to speak. Right where, you know, there's there's a there's an actual group of people that are actually um that have stake in 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 the organization that will ensure that the, the development doesn't get stalled over um uh, you know arguments over what needs to be done.
0: Awesome. Right? That's uh that's essential. We were just talking last night actually about how lucky Ethereum is to have uh to have this uh this healthy core development team with a single person, Vitalik, at its heart that can uh Kind of steer the course, and uh, and how, how it has benefited so tremendously from that.
3: Yeah, yep, absolutely. absolutely.
0: Go, getting onto the crowd sale in particular, what are the uh, what are the terms that you're offering the participants, and what is the what's the the structure of the crowd sale over time? What's the uh, what's the rewards process?
2: Yep. So uh, yeah, I was just also mute on this now earlier. So what we are offering here, the crowd sale, will be a total lifetime supply of two million tokens. And out of 2 million tokens, uh, we we will be releasing 85% of them to the public, 15% kept for the developers here at Digix. And um, of course, we we reached out to a couple of community members and um, they had surfaced a couple of comments. So the final terms of the sale right now we're offering is a time-based multiplier where uh, a participant can gain a multiplier of 1.3 times, regardless of the size of of the the contribution to to the DAO And any token holder in multiples of 15,000 would actually be able to get a proposal badge. And uh, of course, the the terms of the crowd sale also includes uh, different 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 badges that Anthony had mentioned earlier on. So there's a proposal badge. There is the regular token holder as well who is able to pledge on different proposals that are currently being vetted and submitted on the system. Uh, A simple proposal could be a user interface feature that someone wants to see or could be a partnership agreement that we're looking to tie up. It could be really anything. It could be up. It could be definitely left up to the imagination of the DAO holders.
3: Yep. So we have a we have a basic. Um, we're, we're doing the crowd sale. I think thirty days was the um, the the duration of the crowd sale, and um, we're doing a um, a time based modifier. So if you come in early, you get more. You you get basically get a bonus. Um, uh, I think it's one point one point three modifier, then one point five one or one point fifteen. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. No, let, let me clarify that. It's going to be um, 1.3 in the first period, which runs about four to five days. And uh in the period two will be 1.15. And in the last period, in a regular period, there will be no reward incentive for any form of uh, multiplication at all. So uh, uh, at the start, we are actually incentivizing people to come forward early on in the crowd sale so to actually invest on in us to, to, to stand to gain a time-based multiplier for any contribution they give. And this definitely can, you know, we hopefully will drive up some volume.
3: So, like we mentioned earlier, um, we we actually had an original plan which was um, uh, a lot of people kind of didn't like it. So we went back to the drawing board and, and refined it, and uh, yeah. that's what you, you see now. And uh, people are a lot more happy.
0: I think I think so because the original one rewarded uh, or you know um, incentivized larger investment, whereas this one seems to be a bit more uh, a bit more friendly to the um, to the smaller investor.
2: Yeah, because yeah, we received a couple of comments from the community and um, they were all facing the same concern, you know, like how can someone who's, who's coming in not with a huge sum of investment looking to actually participate in a crowd sale and we should be actually be fair to them. So, you know, we went back to the drawing board, came up with a whole new structure where we don't penalize in terms of rewarding any sum. So it could be anything from a minimum amount of 0.01 worth in US dollars up to multiples of 15,000. So we are actually allocating a very fair and equal multiplier based on the time. So the first crowd sale will run for a period of five, the first period, sorry, will run for five days where any uh, any investor can come in with any sum of money for a multiplier effect of 1.3. And in the second period, which will run for a total of eight days, will actually stand to gain 1.15. And in the remaining period for until the end of the crowd sale, which is approximately almost eight, 10 days will actually stand to gain a flat multiplier, so just one times of whatever they are investing in. So we're incentivizing people to come forward early on doing the crowd sale. Yeah, And the proposal batch will actually be possible for anyone to obtain throughout the 30-day period. So be it you're coming in the first period, second period, or third period, the only thing that you may lose out on is the multiplier effect because it will not be inherent throughout the crowd sale. So anyone who comes in with multiples of 15,000 will actually stand to gain one proposal batch Per fifteen
0: thousand contribution. Okay, so this is uh this looks really good, and um like you know this seems pretty fair. It's not too much of an advantage to step in early. Um, mm-hmm. so will there be additional crowd sales? Will there be additional uh, public offerings down the track? I mean, what if you guys don't raise enough money? You know, um, I mean, do you have you built in something for that? A a plan for that.
3: Yeah, yes. So, so there's actually going to be a, a, a way for us to submit proposals to increase the, um, the amount of um, the token al- allocation for the next, um, you know, for next, um, you know, for any consecutive rounds after the first one, um, where actually the, to- the, the, the holders can then decide whether or not they want to um, create more tokens for, for another crowd sale.
0: Under what conditions can you do you do you imagine that you would be you would look at initiating another crowd sale and how soon out of this would you uh, consider that possibility?
3: Uh, two so, years. Uh, so we're try- Like our target, basically, right now is um, you know that would give us um, enough um, to operate the DAO for for two years or so, hopefully. Um, and and if we do run out, um, you know, because the the balance the the actual, um, the actual ether is kept on a, a contract address. So everybody will be able to query, you know, how much we have left at any time, and you know, if we if we are running, uh, if we're going to start to run low, and we have some um, upcoming projects, then we, we can call for, for a um, a pledging to to increase the uh, the amount of tokens for another round.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, that, it makes sense. I, you know, my my concern in, in bringing that up was only that you know, what if you have like an opportunity that you want to take advantage of, or that the DAO wants to take advantage of and it wants to be able to raise capital from the community it's proven itself to be a, a functional and to step forward it might you know need that, need additional capital investment uh, i was just wondering how you might uh, how you might go about raising that but that's it's good to know that you've actually got a plan for that in in the works because this is increasingly looking like this is increasingly looking like all the features available to contemporary business are being uh, are being kind of built into these these DAO systems, you, you know what I mean? Like this is—it seems like this this whole concept of the DAO is really maturing quite rapidly. And I'm not—I haven't seen a DAO before, like like Digix. I mean, I think this is yeah. the most advanced one that we've seen go live yet.
3: Yeah. Well, well there's also Slocket, You know, they, they have a slightly different model, um, but, but sort of similar. Um, and, and we sort of kind of uh, learned a lot from from their um, their crowd sale approach as well and their DAO approach. So um, yeah, credit to them. Um, that you know, like that—that's how that's how we got here. Is you know, learning through the the, uh, the other guys that have been doing uh, crowd sales. Um, we did uh, speak with with some folks at Augur um, who did their crowd sale, and we we got <laughs> some pointers from them as well. Uh, so so we're we're learning. You know, it's it's not yeah, it, it's, it, all these ideas did not come out of um, a vacuum. It's all from.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, and we always believe uh, in working you know, together with other dApps available on, on Ethereum. And this is a whole community project together. So we believe always in listening to each other, helping each other out, because you know we, we all depend on each other to make the system adopted by almost everyone around the world. So it's definitely something that we had considered looking at other examples that are in the system. And, and we're happy that right now, what the terms we have offered are something that the users want to see, the users are looking for. So I think that, that's a pretty great one.
3: Yeah, and, and I think that's the most important part about Ethereum's success is really the synergy that's, that needs to happen inside the ecosystem. Because, um, you know, if, if Dig, Digix is successful, if Slocket is successful, is, if Augur is successful, then that means that there's going to be an inc- increased transaction volume and interest from the community, from, from the rest of the community. And, and you know, that means that the miners are happy, um, the, the Ether price is high because there's demand for for transactions. So, so we believe that's sort of very important here. Is that um, even uh, you know when when Digix DAO um, is established, um, we are going to see projects that basically um, not just benefit Digix, but also de- benefits Ethereum as a whole.
0: You say uh, you say Ethereum as a whole, or you know the um, the you know the uh, the platform as a whole. What kind of partnerships are you guys looking at going forward to um, to ex- expand the utility of uh, of of the Digix product offering and um, and increase the value of the uh, of the crowd sale token.
3: So so we already have some some projects for, um you know some projects and partnerships that are are, are underway already um that we have um, sort of self funded and, and and doing sort of um, as part of the 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 Digix global project and, and uh, one of them is uh, doing the uh, security audit for the Etherx um, decentralized exchange. Um, they, they they have asked us to um, actually do a uh, third party security audit uh, for that, and and what that that would enable is basically all the the Ethereum based tokens can then be traded against each other. So you can have a a um, a, a slocket DAO token that that can be traded against Ether, um, a Digix DAO token that can be traded against slocket tokens, a Digix Gold pair currency pair with Digix DAO. Um, so all these things can, can just happen with EtherX. Um, and, and the other thing that we're working with, uh, another company that we're working with is uh free my Vonk. Um And, and you had um, Tyler as your guest in, in a previous yeah. uh, Ether review episode, I believe. Uh, um, so they're doing, um, they're basically tokenizing um, game, game assets onto the blockchain um, on Ethereum. And um, they're going to be accepting Digix gold as a means of exchange for, um, for for people to monetize their their game game assets on ethereum. So so that, that's another thing that we're um, um, pushing for. Um, and, and there's um, other things. Um, there's other projects as, uh, such as uh, Maker. Um, they're doing a a stable coin on Ethereum. They're going to be using usinggicix uh, as um, as one of their collateral assets as, as form of collateral on their uh, stable coin. So, so, there's many of these projects that are coming up. Augur just um, just informed us that they are working on a on on a way to get ether ether Ethereum based asset tokens uh, as um, as a way for you to create Augur markets.
0: Looks like you guys are providing the stable token backbone for a whole bunch of emerging uh, value transfer platforms and DAOs.
2: Yep, absolutely. Yep, that's that, that's what we're trying to provide here. Uh, by using the Digix Gold transaction volume that is available to be rewarded to the Digix DAO token
0: holders. That's correct. And so it's yeah.
3: So yeah. So, so yeah. So so as far as um you know like these um these assets right. So like everything right now on, on on the crypto world is is all it's 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 essentially they're all fiat um currencies on the blockchain right. And and what we're bringing is is basically a, a another um a, a a traditional store of value. And, and marrying that with with this whole concept of a blockchain based ledger right so so now you can you can create tokens that that are backed by gold you know are, are in full or in, in part backed by gold um and other things um that that can you know that, that you can basically build around gold right and, and gold has been with with humans for for uh for millennia
0: so, what, what groups in particular do you imagine will take an interest in Maker? I mean, in uh, so what groups in particular do you think will take an interest in the uh, in the Digix crowd sale?
3: Um, I think all all sorts of, um, of investor types. You know, any any anyone from you know just the um, the beginner beginner um, to to gold bugs. You know, I think that there's there there is a uh, an intersect with with the crypto and, and the gold bug community. Um, so we we tr- we, we want to attract those th- that crowd um, that, that that came from the, um, the the gold investment world into uh, the blockchain, um, who are interested in, in getting into uh, more blockchain stuff.
2: We are we are interested as well in uh, seeing participants who actually believe in uh, tra- digital gold transactions, be it for payment services, be it for peer to peer collateral lending, or it could even be fungibility for other debts. I think that was what was covered in the previous. Uh, Review session, so yeah, definitely we're looking for people who believe in the transaction volume growth that we have here at Digix. So that's something that we're looking
0: for. To just uh, to go back to this, the transaction volume and the uh, and the source of uh, of revenue for the for the Digix crowd sale token. Now that comes from fees paid to transfer the uh, gold tokens or, or asset backed tokens using your platform. What are those fees going to be, and and what transaction level will 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 be necessary for them to generate a significant revenue?
3: Um, there there's a storage fee and there's a transaction fee. So this, the storage fee we can't uh, we can't get away from because we uh, our storage provider charges us that um, that fee. Um, but we also have the transaction fee um, to keep the company going.
0: That's uh, so the storage fee is is present in all gold investment, though, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Yeah, because you need you need you need to you need to store gold and insure it. Um, you can't just put it under your your bed, right? So we 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 uh, we work with a, uh, a custodian participant on our platform to store our our gold. We basically, charge um, a transaction fee of zero point one three percent of the weight of gold that's being transferred, and it's capped at uh, one, one gram um, total right. transaction fee. So um, to give you an example, um, e-gold. Um, eGold was a company that w- was uh, started in the US and, and basically it was a very simple concept. They basically had gold-based um, payment system um, where this guy had, he started off with a an Excel spreadsheet. Basically, people would deposit their gold and he would credit them on their online account with, with some amount of gold that they can use to pay for goods and services online. And um, during their peak, they were doing... From from what I've read is that they, they were doing about two billion dollars worth of um, transactions per year.
0: That's huge. Uh, what was the fee you just mentioned?
3: So it's zero um, point one one three percent. In our original uh, plan, we had uh, ten million tokens. So, um, but now it's um, two million total. Um, and I, I think that um, if we reach that, you would basically easily uh, you could easily reach your ROI. On your, on your DAO tokens. Um, and, of course, yeah. gotta, you got to remember that you know we have to reach that volume. And um, I think that that volume was around, um, that volume for, for eGold was um, in the early 2000s. The internet is about four times as bigger, uh, larger now than
2: it was then. Yeah, so, so let, let me clarify this. Uh, I think that the eGold transaction of about $2 billion US dollars a year in, in our transaction fee structure We'll actually generate an investor return of almost 2.6 million actually i mean here at digix we do not make any guarantee of this, such kind of return and it's only you know there's no precedence that we are building this system based on ego was a lot simpler as a system compared to ours so uh, it's just a gauge you know on history terms just to showcase a possible example if we hit such a figure
0: uh, I'm looking at, a th- at the uh, at the volume of Ethereum right now. I mean, obviously, we've been going through insane volume on uh, Ether. Um, on Poloniex alone, $22 million. Uh, In total, we've got about just under $40 million in the last 24 hours for, uh, let's see, the date right now, just for those listening, is March 4th. It's the morning. Uh, so over the last, you know, I mean, we've been watching these massive market movements over the last however many um However many days or oh, and weeks, and I'm wondering if we had a stable token to trade in and out of other than uh, uh, than Tether. You know, Tether is the uh, is the current stable token that's being used on Poloniex. So I mean, I'm thinking if if there was a token like yours, I mean, millions could happen fast, really quickly. Uh, I mean, if, if there was a uh, if there was a stable token other than uh, other than Tether to use. Because Tether is backed by actual currency, how what is the process of acquiring a digital uh, a um, gold backed Digix token?
3: So um, we're we're building a a, a uh, an Ethereum contract where you can send Ether and it will get you uh, Digix gold tokens instantly. Um, in exchange for it. So yeah. just an it's all it's done on Ethereum. So all you have to do is like send it from your a- address or through a pro- proxy contract if you're sending it from an exchange and you will receive your, um, your, your gold tokens into your address. And then you can, you can send that, and you can use MIST to send and receive that.
0: Because if you'd been doing that, you would have got, I mean, if that had been the go-to um, stable token for Ethereum, you would have done tremendous volume in the last, uh, in the last few weeks. Um, I mean, outrageous volume. This would have been huge just, just with the, this Ether rally. And if there are more rallies like this in the future, Digix could really turn into a massive, uh, into a massive thing
3: so um there's a, there's a company um, called Voltoro, and and they basically do um, what we're doing on e- um, Ethereum um, for bitcoin, so um, that you, you can basically um, hedge your uh, against the um, volatile, uh, price volatility of bitcoin and, and store it in gold um, during those volatile times, which is pretty much every time. <laughs> so we're, we're we're offering the hedging solution plus also the other synergistic stuff that you can build on top of the gold tokens. so uh, you know. I think that there is there is there's some there's, there's unlimited, unlimited possibilities for it like um peer to peer lending um, platforms and, and just a, a stable coin um so the, those type of things you know we we you, that that's what made ethereum attractive for for us was because um you know anybody can just build on top of our service without our permission
0: The uh the digix token is secure the gold is secure how is it secured I mean this is actually really important because I just had a uh, an interview about with uh, with Dominic Williams, and he had a lot to say about stable tokens and uh, and currency backed tokens, which is his really his area of uh, and uh, and value backed tokens, which is his area of expertise. And he had a lot to say. And you know, <laughs> I just want to get you guys take on the security of of the gold that backs the Digix token and the security of the token itself and the ability. For the use for the holders of the token to to redeem that value in gold, if something was to happen to the uh, the Digix platform.
2: Yeah, sure. We can share a little bit more about this. Uh, so every Digix gold token is backed by a gold asset ownership card. Essentially, every gold asset ownership card comes from a hundred gram Pam Swiss gold bar or a thousand gram Pam Swiss gold bar. So in a, in, a, in a sense, you know, every token is definitely backed by a physical gold that is in storage in one wow, the safest jurisdiction in the world here in Singapore, here uh, at, the, at the free port of Singapore. So the free port of Singapore is located near the airport for you know, transportation reasons for other businesses who use the vault services. And the vault custodian vault where we engage is actually uh, Malka Amit. They, they operate you know, in global cities like Shanghai, Tokyo, London, Hong Kong, even in some parts in uh, South of Africa as well. So they are a um, highly securitized vault service that provides... To small and medium businesses like ours or even huge corporations to store any form of precious items. So definitely the goal behind every Digix token is backed by a physical one that is in the storage fault. And for every for every goal, for every goal, we have two different receipts that we actually upload onto the IPFS, or otherwise known as the interplanetary file system. It's a file system where files can never be destroyed. So we upload both the custodian receipt of receiving the goal. As well as the gold vendor receipt of selling the gold to us, and this both receipt must have the serial number of the gold bar. Hence, you know there's there's very little room for fraud or any little room for navigation between different gold bars that we're still talking about here. So yeah, yeah. So every gold token is back, is definitely backed by a physical gold. And redemption uh, at the moment we are only allowing redemption to be done in Singapore at the freeport in in person, uh, and every redemption has to be done in the fixed size of the gold bars that we issue, which is 100 gram or 1,000 gram. So anything less than 100 gram. right now at the moment, we have not looked into any product to offer, you know, in 5 gram gold coins or 50 grams, a uh, little cast bar and stuff. We have not looked into anything like that. However, our gold vendor can actually provide a solution for us. And that's definitely up to the DAO. you know, up to the Dow to decide if there could be a possibility in the future.
3: So, so uh, one one more thing that um, to add to that was um, as part of the um, the document. Also, we actually put the picture of the SA card um, with the serial number onto the IPFS um, document as well. So you can actually look that up for, from the manufacturer to see that it's an authentic piece of gold bar. And then um, every three months, we we do a a third party audit, and that auditor will also submit documents on IPFS. So you actually have th- um, so the uh, uh, at the third month that that um, gold bar will actually have a a an auditor document as well, that basically does the the weight and the authenticity check on the gold. And and I also, that that's how also so so this goes back to the the DAO um, why we do the, the DAO payments every three um, every three months. So the the payouts in the gold transaction fees are actually triggered by the audit.
0: Uh, yeah, right. Because you've actually that that's when you know everything. That's when you have a clear picture of the uh, of the state of the DAO right mm-hmm.
3: so 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 it's sort of a, it's, it's sort of like uh, a way also for the the digix gold um token holders to basically trust the system as well knowing that there is you know there's people that the, that are waiting for their transaction fees um you know to to get paid to them
0: right, right? they haven't been paid for those transactions until you, right. you actually know that you have a good um a good right. uh gold token and so i've one final question that i i still think is important and that is who and who do you, are you insured with, and or who, who insures these gold bars, and who is their underwriter?
3: Makamit does the, the insurance for us. Um, that's why we had the storage fees. So they, they so do have uh, in. I think I believe it's a third party insurance company. Um, Casey would be able to answer that, but it is fully insured for hundred percent.
2: So lots, uh, lots have. Uh, I mean, they are they are listed on the London Main board of Exchange. Uh, on, on the London Stock Exchange as well, and they have a current market capacity, let me. They they
3: uh, they actually um, did the, uh, they were the insurance holder for the, uh, during the San Francisco earthquake, um, the, the RMS Titanic, um, the, the Three Mile Island accident, the Exxon Valdez oil spill, um, so they're uh, World Trade Center. So they were the um uh, the insurance company um that were involved in that in those uh catastrophes.
0: And they uh and they withered all of them.
3: Yes. Yes. They they uh oh, and- they, they insured Steve Fawcett's life for fifty million yeah,
2: dollars. And, and I think something more credible would be uh they have a market capitalization of fifty two point one billion British pounds. So that's a sizable amount for a hundred
0: a hundred billion, yeah. Uh, 52, 52 Yeah, I mean, hundred billion dollars. About isn't that? Is it about? Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah,
2: it's about
0: yeah, yeah, it's about. Yeah, uh, it's about. With that, yeah, that's that was the big thing I wanted to make sure is because you know we are talking about something that's supposed to be a uh, a store of wealth in catastrophic times, and so it's important to understand you know to know whether or not the, you know, in the event of a freak accident that the 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 backup plan, which is obviously Lloyd's is capable of withstanding a major, uh, a major event. And it sounds like they are, you know, it sounds like that's like, this is, um, I mean, you would presume so, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah sure,
3: have, sure. They have, a, they have a history, right. And also, um, Malka Amit's facilities are very secure. Um, uh, they have armed guards and, uh, multiple, um, access, uh, uh requirements for you to access the vault. And, um, they're in con- like concrete, uh, concrete reinforced
0: vaults, and they're in a really, so. it's a secure region as well.
3: Yes, yeah. yes. Singapore so. is one of the safest countries in in the world.
0: Yeah, yeah. Totally awesome. Hey, well, thanks a bunch for joining me, guys. This is really great to um, hash this out because I I feel like this is a big kind of event in the in the DAPA sphere, shall we say, in the uh, in the DAO sphere, and it's uh, and it's the first real like value backed token that is. Um, that the average person gets an opportunity to, um, to have a piece of. And I think, um, hell, I mean, good luck to you. you know, uh, good luck to you and your, uh, your crowd sale. I hope it all goes well.
2: Yep. So
0: thank you. Yep. Thank you very much. You. Awesome. Yep. Check out digix.io, ethereum.org, and let's talk bitcoin.com for more. Follow us on Twitter at etherreview. And if you have any questions, please direct them to contact at etherreview.info